Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. To another episode of Vertical Momentum. Guys, this episode is going to knock your socks off. Guys, you need, if you're, if you're a business owner, if you're a, a podcast host, you need to get a pen and paper and listen to this shit because my brother Zach is going to drop some serious knowledge. I'm thankful for you to come on, bro. I know we only got like 40 minutes because you got a lot going on. So I want to thank our sponsors. If I know Zach, if you're like me, you love energy drinks. Um, and I'm actually sponsored by one of the greatest companies in the world, Nutribio. Great company. If you love pre-workouts, fat burners, test boosters, protein, creatine, Nutribio is it. Zach, my brother, what's going on? Yo, Richard, what's up, man? Hey, dude, I love the intro, man. I'm super excited to be here to jam with you today, man. I'm fired up, man. Thanks for having me. Bro, you know, I, I couldn't wait to get on, on with you today because I relate to your story so much because at one time I was looking at five years and actually the guy that I robbed actually saved my ass so I didn't have to do any time. But your story is amazing. You, you go from ex-con to becoming the man that you are today and what i love about you is there's no fluff there's no bullshit it's just straight 100 real and that's what i love about you the most hey man that's the only way to go man i appreciate you man i'm excited uh that we got to collaborate man because i could tell you're the same way dude oh you know like, like i said you know like my boy at the mfceo project says you got to be real or you're going to get found out correct <laughs> no doubt about it man so talk to us. Tell us, you know, we'll, we'll go back a little bit. Um, tell us about what little little Zach was like and uh, how you and then tell us how you got caught up and had to do some time. Yeah, man. Um, little Zach was uh, was off the fucking chain, man. I tell you what um, <laughs> I uh, you, growing up, man, I, I didn't know this, you know, when I was a kid, obviously, because you don't really don't really know. You, you don't know what you don't know. But um. I've never, I've always been like the entrepreneurial type of person. Uh, I never uh, did well in school ever because uh, it just was not made for me. I was not made for school. Uh, I was not made to sit and conform and stand in line and raise my hand, and ask to go to the bathroom or be do what I was told. Like I just, I, it's a miserable existence for me. And I always got in trouble in school, could never pay attention. They said I got ADD, ADHD, ABCD. All that shit, man. And, uh, and and it's not that I can't pay attention. It's just like if it doesn't interest me, if it's something that I'm not interested in, then, yeah, I don't, I don't have the attention span for it. But if it's something that I'm passionate about, dude, I got a level of focus that very few have. And that's that's just some real shit, man. But, uh, yeah, long story short, though, man, I, I was in and out of juvenile detention centers, group homes, boys' homes all that as an, uh, for a huge chunk of my, my childhood and, and, and teenage years. And then by the time I was 19, I ended up, uh, you know, catching some cases and went away for four years flat on a seven year sentence, uh, in prison, got out for about two years. And then, uh, and then I went back just 20 days from my twin sons were born. And, uh, you know, that was the moment where I decided to change my life and start moving into the direction that I'm in now. And, uh, you know, a lot's happened since then, but here we are jamming today, man. Yep. So talk to us about that day when you hear that click, click, and you know, my ass ain't going home for a couple of years. And how real did that get at that moment? Yeah, man. Um, when I went back the second time, 
that was harder than the first time because I wasn't there with my family and stuff. You know, it was 20 days when my kids were born. And uh, that was that was tough, man. And, and I only went back for eight months the second time on a parole violation. And then I, and that eight months felt a uh, hundred times longer than that four years that I did prior. But uh, the first time I went to prison, uh, you know, I was 19 years old and I was scared shitless, man. I'm like, you know, that that, that reality sinking in that I'm getting ready to go to prison. Um, I'm worried about like, hey, man, is it like what you see on TV? Are people going to be trying to rape me? I'm going to have to fight for my life and shank people and all this stuff, man. And uh, yeah, I was just trying to mentally prepare for that. So now the second time when you find, when you got locked up again, like for me, I had to come to Jesus moment where I had to decide, all right, this ain't working anymore. You know, uh, I got, I got to start changing my ways. Uh, what was that moment? Like, can you remember back to the moment where you were like, all right, I'm done. This is it. I need a change. Yeah, dude. Uh, I woke up and my head was hurting. The lights were super bright and made it even worse. My back was aching. And I realized that I was sleeping on a metal bunk with no mattress. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm in jail. And I realized quickly that I was in Ferguson Police Department. I'm like, oh, man, dude, last night couldn't have went went well. And, um, you know, I tried calling Stephanie to come and get me. And uh, she was on her way. And then I, it felt like forever. And I called her back, like, where are you at? And she's like, uh, Ed, you ain't getting out, man. You got to. They, they put a parole hold on you. You're going back to prison for a violation. I'm like, what the? Man, and uh, that's that moment right there. It hit me. Um, I knew that I was going to miss out on my twin son's birth because I knew how the system worked. I knew the soonest I would get out would be six months. And that was not in time for the 20 days where my kids were being born. So it was the most painful experience that I've ever felt in my life, man. It was it was bad, man. It like hit me to the core. And I'm grateful for it because it was that pain that I, that I felt in that moment. And I knew right there, I was like, dude, I got to change. I'm done. I'm not doing this no more, man. I'm going to get out and I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in my family's life, man. And I'm going to, I'm going to be happy, successful. I'll do whatever it takes to do that. I don't know what that takes right now, but I'm going to do whatever it does take to do it. And that was the moment for me. And I uh, just been moving in a, in that, in that direction ever since. Cause you could either went either way. You can either like, all right, I don't want to be a criminal anymore. Or you could have went, well, I guess I'm just a criminal, so I'm going to be a professional criminal because I was a corrections officer for a while. And if you want to learn how to be a criminal, go to jail. (laughs) They have nothing else to do all day but learn and teach each other how to become criminals. So you could have went either way. And thank God you went the right way. So what was that day like when they slammed the door and you were released and you knew you were never coming back? Oh man, it was on top of the mountain, dude. Um, I took a picture of that moment too, and I I posted every year on October second, which is uh, my wife's birthday. I got out on her birthday, which is two days after my birthday. Um, but yeah, I, I I was on top of the world. I knew without a doubt in my mind that I was never gonna see the inside of a prison again as a as an inmate, as a convict. I I knew that the if I ever came back, it was going to be because I was coming back to speak or whatever, but nothing like that. So it was just a, it was a great feeling, man. It was like uh sand on top of the mountain, man, knowing that you've uh, you overcame that. But I knew at the same time that <laughs> that was just, you know, the, the real work had just began. 
you know, and I could so relate because when I got thrown out of the military the first time, um, I thought the world was going to be open to me and it, it was shut and it was nobody would hire me. I couldn't get a job. So what was it like coming out, having one thought and then being turned 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 away by people when you're trying to go legit? Because a lot of people, they, they get out of jail, they try to go legit. And a lot of times they can't find work. So they just go back to doing what they're doing. So how did you do it? Yeah, um, you're right, man. So many people, they, 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 they run into that situation and then that belief it becomes a belief and you're in whatever you believe about yourself is going to be true. So if you believe that you're a career criminal or you're just a fuck up or you're never going to, you know, live a normal life, if that's your belief, if that's the program that you're running in your mind, those are the results that you're going to get. And, um, you know, in a sense, man, I got lucky because I didn't, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was, man. But for me, it was like, I don't care, man. I'm not going, I'm not living this life. I'm going to be in my kid's life. I wanted that more than anything else. And the pain of being away from them was too much to, to stand for me to, to, to continue doing that. So, you know, maybe I got lucky in that regard. You know, uh, and I tell everybody, you know, everybody says, Oh, you know, you're successful, you know, you're a, an author and all that good stuff. And I'm like, I'm just a junkie that got lucky. You know what I mean? Uh, but now, of course, you have a family to raise. So, you know, you start a podcast, but we still got to put food on the table. We still got to feed the family. So what kind of jobs are were you doing on and off jobs just trying to keep, you know, a roof over your head and food in your children's stomach? Oh, man. So I'm going to really glaze over this real quickly. <laughs> but there's a lot more to it. And, you know, we all we all got long stories. Right. But uh, I'm going to go through real quickly. And you can we can always unpack more if you want. But um. You know, when I got out, I immediately started looking for a job the same day I got out and um, nothing was coming my way. And about a month and a half later, uh, no, closer to two months later, um, I started network marketing. Uh, I didn't even know what the hell network marketing was at the time. So you couldn't scare me off the word pyramid scheme. Uh, and uh, that was the only opportunity that I that legit presented itself to me uh, and and when I say I was looking for a job, dude, I was putting in five applications every single day, seven days a week, like minimum, you know, five to 20, you know, just going hard and just getting rejected left and right, left and right. No, 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 no door slam, door slam. And, uh, you know, that was cool though, because I, I was already used to getting no's, you know, cause I did a lot of door to door, uh, sales in my life, uh, as a teenager and, and growing up. So, you know, I, I could take the nose or whatnot. So I, another area that I got lucky in, well, no, I didn't get lucky because I put in the work and I went and developed that skill. But uh, um, so so I was getting no's and then the network marketing presented itself and I jammed out with that. I built up almost a $2,000 a month residual income within my first six months, which was like crazy. Uh, not, you know, I wasn't rich or nothing, but, you know, for a guy like me coming out of prison that couldn't get a job, now I'm making more money than most of my friends that I went to school with that was a blessing. And, uh, and, and it was a, it was a, it was a life changer for me. But, um, at the end of the day, man, network marketing wasn't my thing. And so I left that after two years, uh, to go build my own thing, to do what I'm doing now. <laughs> and that was in the beginning of 2017 and nothing was happening in the beginning, dude, like nothing. I was, dude, I wasn't making any money and it was just getting really stressful financially. 
And then I started doing the affiliate marketing and I got that up to about 200 to $800 a month, but that's still not enough to feed a family of four at the time or five at the time. Um, so it was, it was stressful, man. But uh, I launched the podcast in 2018 and that kind of put my brand on the map, but I still wasn't really killing it with the money wise. I was making affiliate income, but it still wasn't enough to really support myself. And it wasn't until a year later that I really broke through um, when I invested into a mastermind uh, to learn and develop a, a, a skill of, of honing in on my audience, creating that irresistible offer for that audience and being able to communicate that offer to them via copywriting. And that skill, uh, you know, helped me to really start making the more, the money more along with, you know, podcasting, being able to have a brand that a lot of people uh, dig and it was helping uh, to, to gain my notoriety in this sense. You know, and I love what you talk about copywriting, you know, because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, facts will tell, but stories sell. And when you can tell a story, um, you know, the greatest, the richest people in the world were always great storytellers. And it seems by a lot of people that are in the podcasting world, they don't do that. They just put out an episode and they do a little, little copywriting and then they expect to get noticed. So anyway, we're gonna, I just want to hop, we'll start talking about your podcast, but is it true that like your third guest was Billy Jean of Billy Jean marketing? Yeah. Uh, he was, he was the 14th episode, but dude, so check it out, man. Uh, before I launched the podcast, man, um, everybody, I, I dude, like I, every time I tried to collaborate with anyone, uh, you know, an entrepreneur, entrepreneur space, I felt like everybody was laughing at me. Um, anytime, nobody, people wouldn't even respond to my messages and stuff, dude. Like it was, it was crazy. I was having a hard time. Just, just the opportunities were super scarce. And it, it felt like I, I was just the ex convict turned entrepreneur afterthought that nobody wanted to give the time of their day to. And, um, you know, I was pissed about that, man. And um, I was like, dude, like, I get it. Everybody judges people, you know, because it's impossible not to. It's, 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 we're built that way for survival. But if you hold on to those snap judgments after you get to know the person, that's a different story. But, uh, yeah, man, I was pissed. So I, so I launched a podcast and got it ranked on day three. And then the next week I had Billy Gina's marketing on the show. I released the episode, obviously, a few weeks later after we had him on. But literally, though, in one week I went from nobody giving me a chance to having him on the show and yeah, we just scaled it ever since, man. All right. So take us back, take us back. Um, when you just one day woke up and said, Hey, I want to be a podcaster. There had to be something where you thought uh, or heard somebody like, like for me, um, and my, some of my people, my mentors I consider in podcasting now, um, is obviously, obviously Ed Milet, um, MF CEO project, I think he's amazing. You're, I consider you one of my mentors. Um, you know, even though I'm an older guy, I still consider you one of my mentors because even though I got 350 episodes underneath my belt, I'm still learning. So, what made you want to decide to podcast? And who was the first person that you listened to and said, Man, I can do that? I can relate to that. Man, this is a funny story, uh, Richard, but uh, may not even believe it, but honestly. I didn't want a podcast, bro. I, I didn't like it. I, I was like, I never listened to podcasts myself. And um, at the time when I launched mine, I had been doing YouTube for two years prior. 
And uh, I was putting out three videos a week consistently for almost two years straight, almost two years straight, three videos a week. No team, just me doing it all. Man, there's a lot that goes into YouTube. Like, you know, keyword research alone takes hours for each video. But, um, you know, and then you got to do all the editing and then the publishing and then creating the graph, all this stuff. But uh, but I was consistent with it. And I liked I like video more. I was like podcasting is lame, dude. You just talk and all you hear, you know, you just hear the audio. But video, I can, you know, actually people get to see my body language and I can really connect or whatever. And so that was my that was my belief before. And uh, it wasn't until I, at the time I was going through. Um, <laughs> this is funny too, man. Um, because now I make fun of the the dick funnel. I mean, uh, click funnel community uh ship it uh at the time i was studying uh russell brunson hardcore because i mean he is a genius no doubt about it and uh, i was in his funnel hacks master class and just trying to learn everything i could about marketing uh and in one of his modules in there he was talking about how one of his clients was having a really hard time uh with opportunities it seemed like uh you know opportunities were super scarce and nobody really wanted anything to do with him and I, if anybody can relate to that at the time, I definitely could because that's exactly what I was going through, man, whenever I was trying to collaborate with people. And so he, he launched He said he launched his podcast and there's all these opportunities opened up for him. And I was like, yeah, right, man. But you know what? I mean, shit, let's just go ahead. At that point, I was just throwing shit on the wall and seeing what stick. And uh, so I, I launched it. I, I went and found some YouTube videos on all the technical stuff on how to actually launch it. And then I figured out the marketing stuff, you know, because I, you know, that's something that I, that I do is marketing is my, my strength. Uh, I started figuring out the marketing stuff and then also learning through experience, but uh, yeah, man, put it out there, man. That's uh, it, it ended up sticking. And then I ended up falling in love with it. Well, you know, so tell, you know, a lot of people think, well, and, and this, that really amazes me. You know, I talked to a lot of people and I said, Hey, why don't you start a podcast? Oh, there's too many podcasts out there. You know, I know there's 2 million podcasts out there, but only 50% of them are active because only the average podcast only lasts 10 episodes. So when somebody comes, when you talk to somebody about starting a podcast, what are some of the negative things you, they say about starting a podcast? What you just said and, and many others. And uh, just, to, just to piggyback on what you just said a little bit before I go to some other examples is, Dude, we, there's still less than 1 million active podcasts. Yeah, there's, like you said, there's over, you know, 2 million or whatever podcast launch, but active podcasts like that still publish at least once a month. There's still less than a million. Bro, like how many Instagram pages are out there? You know what I'm saying? Like billions. How many YouTube channels are out there? Man, well over a hundred million. Well over. I mean, that's being super conservative. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot more space for you to stand out. It's a lot less. It's matter of fact, podcasting is the most least saturated space of all the social platforms. Well, I don't I, of of Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok. Yeah, it's definitely less saturated than all those. Uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, man. But uh, so so there's that, man. And then, like you said, yeah, man, uh, 90% of podcasters never make it past episode 13, bro, and they quit around 10, you know. And so if you got 14, 15 episodes in, you're in the top 10% of all podcasters. That's that's wild, man. But uh, yeah, so there's a, it's definitely a lot of, a lot of space to stand out. But 
Another one, though, that's a, probably a legitimate um, limiting belief would be uh, is a lot of people are scared to, to do it, to put themselves out there. And I get it, man. I understand, dude. Like, you know, when I first started creating content, that was scary as shit, dude. But but my my reason behind it, the reason why I was doing it, my mission was stronger than my fear of doing it. So I I started visualizing like, man, what if I don't put out this content? I never do it. And then what am I going to feel like at the end of my days when I'm on my deathbed dying and stuff? And that regret is way more painful than than putting myself out there. Yeah, man, look, man, that, that, that fear of putting yourself out there, that's that's for real, dude. That's embedded in us from, you know, from when we back in our before we could even speak before we even had language as a tool uh and we relied on empathy of being able to communicate by reading people and you know we had to be able to tell if uh, uh one of our tribe members was in distress because a saber-toothed tiger was trying to eat their ass like i get it you know being because if you got if you got exiled from the tribe back then that meant death but in the modern world we live in today man that's not that's not the world that we live in anymore so what i would say for that man is you know get get strong enough reasons why you're doing it in the first place and if that ain't enough to to get you to take action actually put yourself out there uh then you don't have strong enough reasons yet you need to work on that first and foremost so now like you know you've had some great people on grant andy dave david and uh but you know sometimes it just takes one person to believe in us that kind of launches us, launches us into the next level. Who was that one person podcast wise or guest wise, or that, that believed in you that much. And you're like, wait a minute, I can really do this. Who was that one person? Man, there was a lot along the way. Um, but what I'll say, one that really changed the game for me is when I landed that in-person interview with Andy Frisilla. And I was like, man, this dude's letting me come to first form to interview him, giving me some of his time. Like, I might be on to something here. That's when I really started, like, that's when, like, I was already, like, had the confidence before that, you know, from putting myself out there and getting the wins that I had up until that point. But when that happened, that was just, like, that was, like, a uh, validation in and of itself. And I was like, man, this is, this is next level shit. I love that. Now, a lot of people are going to ask, well, how do I get in contact with these people? And But I see a lot of people like I'm, I'm big on LinkedIn. That's my that's my baby. I love LinkedIn. Um, but a lot of people, you know, they just don't know how to talk to people. Like if I would if I would, you know, we've, we've been friends for a while now. And of course, I'm a member of your group. But if I would just message you, say, hey, Zach. You know, we have the top eight veterans podcast in the world. Why don't you come on? You would have probably looked at me like, who is this asshole? You know, but if I, you know, when I said I would love to have you come on and talk about your journey and your mission, a lot more people would be apt to come on the show because you're willing to help them and you want to get to know them. So how do you go and talk to an Andy Frisella or a Dave Meltzer or anything like that? How did you approach them? Yeah, man. Um, if you're scared to ask people or are scared to put yourself out there, or afraid of getting no's, I'd highly recommend, uh, doing some door to door, uh, go, go, go sell steaks door to door, go sell thermal windows and sidings and gutters 
door to door and do it for a few months, man. I tell you what, man, that you will you you won't be scared to to get no's or to ask people for things no more. And it's a great, 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 great skill to develop. But um, yeah, man. Uh, so I so I so I so I'm not scared to 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 ask people. You know, I'm like the worst that they could say. My thought process is is like, all right, if I don't ask these people at all, it's definitely not going to happen. The answer is no. But if I do ask them, the worst they could say is no, which is the same as not asking them. So it doesn't hurt to just ask. Why not? And so that's what I did, man. And and you know, some tactical of how to would be. What I do is like I go and I'll type in their name on a Google search and then I'll look for their websites if they got one and then I'll go to their website and then I'll hit their contact page and I'll try and uh, get their personal email if I can or I'll hit their little form on their page. But I'm looking for other ways to like really get in contact with them because I know everybody's hitting that form. Uh, so sometimes you can get that information. Sometimes you can't. Uh, but then after I get that email, then I shoot them a pitch and the pitch is very, very simple. It's super short and straight to the point. It's, hey, I would love to interview you on my top-rated podcast, Underdog Empowerment. You're a perfect fit for my show. Please let me know if we can make this happen. Talk soon. Literally straight to the point. When didn't beat around the bush, you know, and that way uh, I do that, man, because if you think if you send these people an autobiography, they're going to get them or their gatekeeper, whoever's processing that email is going to get anxiety when they open up your email because I do whenever people pitch me and they pitch me this long pitch or whatever. I don't even read it, man. I just skip to the name and see if there's somebody that I already want on my show. And if they're not, I close the email because I don't have the time to, to, to go through all that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so I just get straight to the point. And then after I pitch them on the email, then I go hit them up in their inbox. I personally go to people's Instagrams because that's my jam. It's like LinkedIn's yours. LinkedIn would work just fine too. If that's your jam, wherever it is that you like to hang out at, but go find them on that, that place and then hit up, hit them up in the inbox. And the worst that they could say is no, keep it straight to the point and then follow up until you get a yes. It took me eight months before I got a yes from Andy Frasilla, but that eight months turned into an in-person interview at first form. And then it turned into another year, a year later, another in-person interview at, at the new first form headquarters. And then that, after that interview, I got a verbal agreement on my podcast from Andy Frasilla saying that he'll come on my show once a year. So like I wouldn't have gotten that if I wouldn't have put myself out there. You know, and I love that. And, you know, what a lot of people don't realize that if a person has a uh, um, a podcast, they have their own social media platform. And once you start having guests, you start having a little bit of power, not power, you know, to be used mainly, but you have a little pull. You know, like if you say, you know, like I've had Andy Frisilla on, a, a lot of people will be like, oh, wow, well, I guess if you had Andy on. I want to be on their show. And a lot of people, you know, that's a great way to build your network is just by sometimes just having that one person on and building that relationship. Right. So talk to us about like, for me, like when a person comes on my show, like, well, we've been friends before this, but you know, when they usually come on my show and if I don't really know them, it's when the relationship just starts and I'm into building, you know, generational relationships. So talk about building relationships on and off your show. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, you, you, you're spot on, obviously. And you, you know this because you this is what you do. You got 350 plus episodes. Um, that's the game right there, man, is the, the, the relationship. I'll tell you what happens, man. Like 
because I've had I've I've interviewed quite a few uh, you know I guess you'd say big name guests or whatever you want to call it, but uh, you know Andy Frasillas, the Grant Cardone stuff like that, and uh, I, I've had quite a few of them on the show, and and I've done a lot of them in person, right? Uh, because I that's that's what I wanted to do. But I'll tell you what happens, man. Number one, the best benefit is the relationship in and of itself. Just having that relationship with that person because you never know what could happen. For an example, man, I had Dan Fleischman on my podcast. Well, I hit him up because I'm getting ready to go out to L.A. next week or in a week and a half. And uh, it's like, dude, we got to get down and, and do round two or whatever. And he's like, man, I'd love to, but I'm going to be speaking at that time. I won't be able to do it this time around. I'm like, no worries, man. We'll make it happen again. Hey, dude, I'm going to stop by your card shop, Coffee Breakers, and pick me up some football cards while I'm down there and make a post about it. And he hearted it or whatever. Just having that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you never know. Like, who knows? I'm not saying this is going to happen, but me and Dan might end up becoming really good friends and and then a business partner in some some way, shape, or form. Or I don't know. You know, I don't have any expectation, but stuff, shit could happen. So the relationship, first and foremost, is just, it's just really good to have a, a a huge network of power players. And definitely, I just want to throw this out there. Um, I'm a big sports card guy. Um, there's nothing, nothing. I don't care what high there is. There's nothing like ripping open a box. Woo! Just just ripping open cards, looking for refractors and rookie cards. There's nothing like it. I don't care if you go to Atlantic City, Vegas. You get me a box of football cards or baseball cards and let me rip. That's like the ultimate high. You know what I mean? Bro, dude, I'm addicted. I just started back. <laughs> I did it when I was a kid. Didn't know what I was doing. I, I went really, you know, totally into it. But I just started back in May. And uh, oh, my God, man, I'm I'm addicted. I've spent thousands of <laughs> well over ten thousand dollars since May on cards. I literally just yesterday bought a Patrick Mahomes uh, uh, Panani uh, uh, prism. Uh, it's not numbered or autographed, but I bought a, a regular Patrick Mahomes Panini Prism uh, refractor for uh, thirteen hundred yesterday mint, and I'm gonna take uh, send it off to get it graded and then hold on to it till he hits the Hall of Fame and sell it for twenty k easily. Yeah, see, I mean, I used to love just like I would go to Costco's and they would have the crappiest cards, but I just wanted to rip. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, you're right, dude. Open those boxes are. <laughs> And like, I was all about building sets back then, so I'm a big, I'm a big card guy. All right, so we're gonna get a couple minutes more, so I know we're still on a heart. We got 15 minutes left because I know you got to go. Um, I interviewed a lot of people and a lot of military guys, a lot of Navy SEALs, Delta Force, and the one thing is their mindset. And it's whenever they went through, say, Navy SEAL training, the ones that made it where their mindset was, okay, just one more push-up, you know, just one more rep, one more set, and they didn't quit. From all the people that you've interviewed, and you've interviewed some great people, what would you say is the one thing that made them successful? Man, that right there, that's behind any successful person, what you just mentioned, the just just keep on going, one more rep, let's keep going, let's go, just do just do a little bit more than everybody else. Excellence is a standard. That's a common common trait I've seen. Uh, but to give it uh, give another uh, uh, answer would be they all are super, 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 I mean like obsessive, super dialed in on their vision. like they know it crystal clear 
finer detail. They know how it smells, looks, tastes, feels, every single little detail you can get. Like they are, they have a crystal clear, vivid vision of, of what they want in their life and what they're aiming for and what they're moving towards. All right. So now, you know, you've been on a lot of shows also. You've been on a couple hundred episodes. And, you know, and I, I, I had um, a couple guys that I talked to, you know, they're seven, eight, nine figure earners. And I always asked them, you know, what would make you want to share your episode? And um, a lot of the, like Steve Sims, when I asked him, why did you share the episode that you're on? He said, because you asked me questions that nobody else ever asked me. So what would be a reason that you would share this episode or any episode you were on? Why would you and why wouldn't you? Yeah, man. Um, so uh, that's a great question. And, um, you know, what's crazy is uh, it's something that I figured out and th- that I help people with now. But uh, one of the things, but uh, when, when I was getting started, um, I noticed that nobody would share the episodes whenever they go live. And I, I'd get pissed. I'm like, damn, dude, I just, you know, had this person on my platform and, you know, they didn't even help promote it at all or whatnot. And, uh, you know, that was my strategy to grow the podcast at the time was to share it on social media and ask my guests to share it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if that's, if that's your only strategy of growing a podcast, you're probably not growing your podcast. It's probably just a bunch of ebbs and flows and you're getting a little frustrated or whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man. So what 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 helped though? I did a small little tweak, and uh, I started asking people, "Hey, the only thing I got, man, is I asked is that you share this when the episode goes live because when that happens, you're sending more people to the episode, and when more people are downloading this podcast, it climbs higher in the charts on Apple, and when that happens, more people that don't know you or me are going to see this podcast, so more exposure for both of us. It's literally all I ask. Do you agree to do that? And they'll say, Yeah, sure, no problem. And then we go ahead and record the episode. And then when it's time to, when it's time to, uh, when it's getting ready being released, I send them some assets of the episode and the link to where they can link back to. And I say, Hey man, I really appreciate you agreeing to share this out with your audience. Here's the link to share. Um, and when I started doing that, I got a hundred percent shares. Um, so it's just getting that verbal agreement ahead of time, getting someone to commit to share it really did help out. But to answer your question, sorry about that, but, uh, to answer your question, um, what would get me to share? Well, if you got a verbal agreement from me, then then I'm going to do it because I, I, I'm not saying every person is, but if I say I'm going to do something, man, that's a core value, man. Do what the fuck you say you're going to do. And so I'm going to do it if I say I'm going to do it. Um, that would be it. And then what would make me want to share it even more is if you have like promo assets, like, you know, like a short little video clip or a, a, a quote card uh, image or something that was really cool, or like an audiogram of me saying some really cool shit or whatever, and that's got some cool graphics, uh, not cheesy-looking graphics either, but some actual good-looking graphics, then that would increase my me wanting to share it more. And then obviously the number one thing is what Steve Sims said to you is if you you know, make it unique and not just like every other episode. Those, were, those would be my things that get me to share it more. All right, so you know, we got 10 minutes left. I want you to tell us. Tell us about your group, by the way. I love your group. Thank you for inviting me. I'm learning a lot. But also, tell us about what you got going on for that $47 deal that you got going on. I think that's to, that's going to be mind-blowing for the people that are listening to this. If they don't hop, hop on that, then there's something definitely wrong with their mindset. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Yeah, definitely. I'll get into that. Uh, the, the group, uh, Underdog Empowerment Movement, 
it's a, a Facebook group. It's just a community that uh, that I created for the podcast uh, for everybody that listens to the podcast, so we can all hang out and grow together and learn together and uh, collaborate. And so we do some cool stuff in there, man. We do stuff where we collaborate and uh, we get people interviewing other people on their podcast, collaborating that way. And that's just, you know, when you get to do that, when you get to take people that, you know, online through social media and then actually start having calls with them and doing podcast episodes with them and meeting up with them when you're in their cities and stuff and doing events and stuff. I mean, that just creates a really strong bond and it takes the relationship to the next level when you can start actually um, uh uh, engaging more like that, but yeah, it's a cool little group, man. Definitely check it out. That's underdogempowerment.com slash fam F A M like family. Uh, and that'll lead you directly to that group in case we're no longer on Facebook and we move it somewhere else. Cause you never know. But, uh, yeah, that, and then the, uh, $47 offer, man, we had, uh, we had all of our courses that we created. It's four of them. And they, you know, each one does different stuff. Like one teaches you how to get it launched and get it ranked on Apple, Others show you how to grow the audience and how to make money from it and landing all this stuff, right? And so we had these four courses and we were selling them collectively for $7,400. Well, recently, like, man, you know what? Let's bundle all these together and um, give it all away for 47 bucks. Well, $97. And then if you got the promo code underdog, let's knock off another 50 bucks and then, uh, and then sell it for 47 bucks. And uh, yeah, it was a smashing hit, man. It's literally all of our stuff for only 47 bucks that we normally sold for 7,400 consistently. And it shows you everything you need to know from not having an idea how to podcast to getting it launched, all the tech stuff explained, what you got to do step-by-step, getting it ranked on Apple, becoming a top 200 podcaster on Apple, uh, being able to grow your downloads, being able to hit a thousand downloads within your first 90 days, interviewing the big name guests, scripts, templates, process, how to do it. Also, all the different ways to monetize your podcast. Yeah, it's all there, man. It's uh, You can check it out if you want at underdogempowerment.com slash podcasting. Awesome, brother. we got about eight minutes left. I got two last questions, and then you're going to be on your happy way to enjoy whatever you got going on today. I'm going to spend the time with my bride and my, my beautiful nine-year-old daughter. Um, last two questions. Oh, we already answered that question. How do we find you? Uh, so how do we find you? Um, uh, are you, you're on Facebook, Instagram, what, do, how do we find you? Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. If you just want to hang out, uh, definitely the podcast is the best place. Uh, that's where I, where we, where I really get to, that's what I'm most passionate about where I really get to get my thoughts, views, perspectives, and opinions out. Kind of like how we just did on this episode, but, uh, that's underdog empowerment. Um, and you can, it's on all the podcast platforms that you listen to podcasts on pretty much, but to make it super simple for everyone, you can go to underdogempowerment.com right there on the front page. There's a podcast section. You can hit subscribe to whichever platform you prefer. And if you want to connect with me on any other social media platform that I'm on, uh, just scroll down to the bottom of that page and all my social media, um, links are right there for you. I love it. So last question I ask everybody, cause I get a thousand different answers. Um, you know, we live in a crazy world. You know, we live in COVID world right now to where um, a lot of parents have got laid off. So some of them are driving for Uber, DoorDash, just trying to put food in their kids' mouths. So if I ask the average American to do something in seven days, they're never going to get to it. But if I ask somebody to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely. 
So if somebody out there listening to this right now is struggling with taking that next step to start a podcast or start a business, what can they do in the next 24 hours to start to make that happen? Man, um, go to uh, go get that $47 offer. At, <laughs> that would be that would be it. But honestly, no, if it's something like you're just like trying to put piece it together, get clear on your marketing message first and don't overthink it. Look, done is better than perfect. I know we humans have a real tendency to try and make things perfect before we put it out there. But if we do that, we're never going to get started. You just got to get it out there and then iterate as you go. And so get crystal clear on your marketing message. And what will help you is what I call the four W's. Clearly define who is your podcast for and make it only for one specific type of person. Like speak clear to that person and trust me on that. Do that. I know you might think like, well, I can help all people or I can help a lot of different types of people. Great. I bet you can too. But if you try to make it for everybody, nobody it's never going to pick up to anybody specifically. Like if you try and make your message for everyone, it's not going to hit home with anyone because it's not clearly speaking to a very specific person. So get really clear on one specific person. I recommend speaking to who you were yesterday or who you were just starting out or anywhere in between that because you are that person, you understand them, you can help them, and you can relate to them. And so if you do that, boom, now you got your who. Now what is your podcast about? Explain it in one sentence or less, or not one sentence or less, in one sentence. You can't do it in less than one sentence. But uh, what is your podcast about? Like, dude, if you say, what is underdog empowerment about? I say it's the number one resource for alpha underdog entrepreneurs to level up in business and life. Very clear, concise. You know exactly what it's about. So get your one sentence down. Next, where is your podcast taking them? What is the benefit that they get from listening to your podcast? By listening to this podcast, you're going to go from X, which is the pain point that they're currently in right now, to Y, which is the benefit that they want and desire and that they have faith in. Finally, why should they listen to you? So just find a way that differentiates yourself. It could be a personality trait. It could be, you know, uh, your story. It could be, uh, you know, the way you format and structure your shows. It could be the tiniest of little details, but something that differentiates yourself from all the other podcasts out there that are like yours. And if you get that and start with that, boom, now you have something that sticks. And when the right person hears your podcast, then they are going to stick around because it's speaking directly to them. So get your podcast marketing message dialed in and then go find a video. Go to Zach Babcock on YouTube and watch my videos on showing you all the tech stuff on how to launch a podcast. Boom. And now you got a podcast. I love that, brother. So one more question is going to be a very, very short answer. But my wife is my ground. You know, she's the one that calms the beast. So how does Stephanie calm you and how does she calm the beast? Yeah, man, just, uh, you know, being there um, emotionally and, and, and uh, physically. And like, you know, she, I, what I really appreciate about her is like, you know, when I'm, uh, you know, cause we're all human. Right. And we all got little, um, what do you call it? Periods or what's the word I'm looking for phases or, little stints of where you know like where we're super happy but then we'll have stints where we're like kind of kind of sad or when we're like frustrated and angry or whatever and whenever like i'm like seem to be like frustrated or or down in a sense or whatever you know i notice that you know she steps up and tries to do more around the house you know with the kids or whatnot and uh just you know giving me that space and that's something that i really appreciate about her i love it brother well we came to that time i told you we'd get at 
get you out of here in less than 50 minutes. Um, I just want to say, brother, I, I, I appreciate you. I love you. Um, I consider you a part of the family. And if there's anything I can ever do to help you in whatever you're involved in, I'm all about it, brother. Man, Richard, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot to me. And likewise, man, I really had a blast today on your show. Uh, thank you for having me, man. Oh, have an amazing week, brother. Have an awesome week and crush it. Much love, man. All right, brother. Bye. Hey, guys. If you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new T-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee. And, and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.